0: Hello and welcome to Postgres FM, a weekly show about all things Postgres. QR. I am Michael, founder of PG Mustard. This is my co-host Nikolai, founder of Postgres AI. Hey, Nikolai, what are we going to talk about today? About parallelism. Parallelism. Are you trying to say it multiple times at the same time?
1: I do it sequentially. Nice. Do you know that parallelism works well? with sequential operations. This is where it shines. Like if something needs to be done sequentially, there parallelism can be applied.
0: Yeah, it makes sense, I guess. It's like a oxymoron, right? I see what you mean. Like a dichotomy, like almost like it feels like it shouldn't be the case, but it is very much how It's not
1: my thought, by the way, it's from Thomas Munro who, who contributed a lot to parallelism of various operations.
0: This is one of those topics where we have had multiple requests, not in parallel, I guess. But yeah, so people are keen to know like how parallel query works specifically, some pros and cons. I think talking about parallelism overall makes sense as well, like a bit of an overview. So I'm glad you added those bits in. So yeah, looking forward to this one. Do you want to start with what it is or a bit of history?
1: Yeah, let's start with history. I must admit, I'm not a big expert on this topic. Of course, I know many things, but I'm far from being an expert and I see... Uh, I don't see bottom in some places, if you get what, I'm, what I mean. Like in some places I see I need to dive deeper to, to see the bottom.
0: Well, um, I think from previous conversations we've had, that sometimes it's a sign that you are an expert if you realize quite how much there is that you don't know still.
1: But this is one of the topics where I, I feel my weakness. So like disclaimer.
0: Sure. Yeah, and I've only looked into this from a... Like I've obviously done a bit of reading for this episode, but previously looking into just performance of queries in general and having to read around things, having to write some things for it as well. So yeah, mine is only surface level two compared to people that have written this, but I think a lot of people don't even necessarily realize that Postgres can run queries in parallel, that it can do certain it operations
1: just yep. can it does all the time and usually my experience is uh, closer to LTP and it's, it makes sense because Postgres is uh, the best LTP the mm-hmm. best system but some people of course do some, some heavy analytical kind of queries and of course I remember how uh, parallelism appeared in first in 9.6 mm-hmm. 2016 uh, easy to remember six six right and so on and but you need to remember that uh, nine point seven became ten so two thousand seventeen but it was not d- enabled by default in two thousand sixteen and nine six, correct. And I remember there were fears that in OLTP context it's not a good idea to have it because it's more for analytical queries. Uh, let's enable it dynamically for particular queries only because, of course, it has some overhead. Yep. so for LTP we want like only like single core operations and not but eventually right now we live with it enabled by default and we see benefits and so on of course sometimes application produces not optimal suboptimal queries even even sometimes having sequential scans or having index scans and in this case parallelism works well improving the speed and so on Unlike, for example, just-in-type JIT, uh, which we usually recommend disable for LTP. This we recommend usually enable, and and it's interesting.
0: I think it's a similar conversation, and the difference is that the, the, the defaults are better for the parallelism settings. I think the JIT one, basically, I don't think the cost... Uh, estimations are quite right i think maybe we'd be able to leave that one on more if it had a higher cost threshold or had some costing improvements i think parallelism costings are a bit better and it tends to not cause as many what about planning time planning time also affected right yeah good point i'm not sure about the i'm i haven't seen many parallel queries that also explode planning time so i don't think it's as bad as things like number of joins and things so it's yeah, I, I haven't seen it cause excessive planning time issues. I don't know if you have.
1: The reason I'm talking about this is because like, we definitely now live in the world where JIT probably should be disabled for LTP cases, but parallelism should be enabled, sometimes, sometimes uh, tuned. And we see it works well. Every release we have improvements and it works well. And it makes total sense to me. By the way, we, we needed to mention that we are not going to talk about parallel execution on multiple nodes. Like, I don't know, like a Greenplum site or all, all those systems. We talk about only single node parallelism inside one machine.
0: Yeah, core cool. PostgreSQL. QR. is
1: uh, important to, dis- to distinguish. Right, yeah. and uh, also like to, f- to frame what we have, we have it only for read operations plus... A different level for some other operations like vacuum only manual vacuum explicit vacuum and uh, pg restore and so on but for queries it's only for reads we don't have it for writes still but like for example parallel copy would make total sense but it's still under development
0: yeah we do yeah. have it for similar things like create table and create index uh, create materialized view refresh materialized view oh it's also writes We
1: can consider them right queries also, but DDL queries for DML queries. It's only for read only for reads. Yeah. So select with these queries. And this is like since 2016 first non-default next year, it was already became default in, in version 10, former nine seven. Then it was developed better, better every year. We have a bunch of improvements.
0: Yeah, I think it's interesting. Like it's a couple of things about those first few versions. I think it was really interesting. In nine point six, it was released. It was very limited in scope, but still useful for people. So it, I think it only supported sequential scans, a couple of join operations, and it was, as you say, it was off by default. And that was controlled by a, a very important setting. I think if you're doing, if we're going to be talking about this, it's max parallel workers per gather was set to zero. So that meant It couldn't use any extra work. Each query couldn't use any extra workers. And that in version 10, a couple of big improvements. One was that more scan types were added. So index scans, index only scans as well for B-tree indexes and bitmap uh, heap scans as well. The heap part of those could be parallelized. Huge, huge improvements. Um, And that max parallel workers per gather was bumped to two, which meant we could get three processes by default on a, query that could that supported parallelism so one that suited it and uh, we could get up to three cores working on our query at the same time
1: right and let's let's maybe mention in this context so so i remember in, in 2016 17 I, I remember we played with some selects trying to understand is it worth having Uh, it enabled by default, even Mm -hmm. in 9.6. And I remember examples when we saw uh, very clearly that overhead brings some penalty, so it's better not to enable it. But then somehow I lost traction, and then we already live in a world where it's everywhere enabled, and we see it's beneficial, and if we check examples. I think it's very doable to find examples where you disable parallelism for some query, and you see that it's better in terms of in terms of what, by the way? Time and buffers, maybe, right? Buffers. Well, eventually time. Time is the most important for end mm-hmm. user. Uh, user doesn't like... Well, user m- might care about buffers, but only those which produce final result, which goes to the user, because if it's like a terabyte to download, it's not good, right? But buffers here are also important, and overhead, uh, I think, exists in terms of both. So it's, it's good to check both when you analyze and uh, make decisions based on that but let's let's maybe mention what like why parallelism is important at all uh, philosophically and like theoretically and so on
0: i have so i think i know where you're going with this but i have some other like yeah let's do the obvious ones first we have a lot of cpus this is a yeah Gr- and a growing number like in the the modern world it's quite common to have a lot of cpus available it because people often scale up their database size and especially in the cloud that comes with lots of cpu
1: the key problem is that uh, cpu uh, in general cpu development processor development went into direction where one core cannot be improved as before like we had this house called the law
0: Moslow, i think right
1: right right so Obviously, the makers of CPUs, Intel AMD, they decided to bet on multiple core approach. And we now Mm -hmm. have hundreds of cores easily in cloud. It's relatively cheap, especially on some kind of spot instances you can play with. And this means that application needs to be adjusted because you cannot say like, okay, now we need, like we want to benefit from having multiple cores but unfortunately application needs to be changed to benefit from it it cannot be done transparently in most in most cases sometimes it can be done in some trivial cases when mm-hmm. work can be parallelized somehow and like well again like it's a different topic but some uh, algorithms algorithms can be parallelized but i remember even some languages exist like extensions to c and so on I, it's from my university 20 years ago. I already forgot everything. But uh, obviously, it to make Postgres benefit from uh, multiple cores, it, it needed to be heavily reworked. By the way, I remember also in 96, uh, a lot was, was done to uh, reduce contention in shared buffers. It's also important. So a lot of areas need, need to be improved to benefit from multiple cores. And of course, if you have a few users, but like many, many more cores, Like you have only like 10 sessions, but you have 96 cores. Okay. And three autovacic workers default. Like it sounds like most of course will be underutilized and it's not good, right? This is the key. The development of modern hardware dictates how to build software.
0: Yeah, there's an opportunity there, right? Like especially for things that are very easy to parallelize by giving it, access to three times the workers we, we're not going to get a three times improvement because as you said there is some overhead but we could get close like it's not uncommon especially once you bump that number up to get close to the number of workers times the benefit so so there is there's huge potential not as much as in indexing you know you see whenever you see a, a blog post that says we, how we sped up our database a thousand x in in one easy step it's that's never going to be parallelism <laughs> But it, so that's going to well, be Unless like you indexing. switch from
1: one CPU to a thousand CPUs and uh, sc- scaling linearly, it's, which is very, with, uh, they can be imagined already. But, yeah. But, uh, interesting example, if you dump PGBench and you have PGBench table, you do some benchmark, mm-hmm. you create it at one terabyte database, which, uh, obviously, all one terabyte will go to PG Bench accounts table. Yeah. The the other tables initially are empty. And then you say, okay, I'm I'm going to test dash J option of PG dump because PG dump allows you to benefit from multiple cores. And you say, okay, I have 96 cores, so I expect my PG dump. Okay, not 100x, but at least like, okay, 20x, I will be already happy almost, right? And you start dumping and see no benefits at all. Why? Because... It dash J can work with uh, when you have ma- many tables only. If whole your database is a single table and other other tables are empty, pg_dump cannot paralyze it.
0: But, so is that? But, I thought that was like a practical limitation because the work hasn't been done, or is it a theoretical limitation? Like, is there some reason? It's just why how it
1: parallelization of pg_dump is implemented. It sure. Is implemented okay, at, great. At, at, at database level, not not parallelize single table unless it's partitioned. Yeah, it makes sense. that's
0: well, it's not really one table anymore, but yeah, it's a nice link back to that.
1: And a couple of years ago, a special option for PGBench was added, so now you can create, when you create PGBench database, a dash I, initialize it. You can say, I wanted to have partitioned PGBench accounts, and then you can speed up your dump. And this is an interesting example showing that, like, there are many places where parallelization can be tricky.
0: Yeah. Well, it's, while we're talking about parallel query side of it, I think it is, obviously it's worth giving a shout out to the people that, that did this. It's a huge amount of work to get it in at all and make it safe, make it performant. Then it did improve a lot in versions 10, 11, and it kept improving. There were kind of smaller improvements and performance improvements in 13, 14, even 15 recently. So it has it's something that went in and has continued to get better, which is normally a sign that people are using it and want it to be um, wanting it to be better. I'd say another reason it got added this is like it's the same reason, but a second order effect was that this was around the time I think that people were starting to think about alternatives to Oracle and SQL Server, so I think a lot of a lot of people migrating were probably struggling this is a theory based on who was working on the on the feature and like which consultancies they were working for but this isn't i don't think this was a passion project for people who are excited about working on this yeah I there think is demand came from, there's real need exactly
1: All Right, and let me finish with reasons dictated by hardware it's not only about cpu i see in many articles people mention cpu like we have many cores let's do it but it's not on, ah, and of course, uh, f- very important that Postgres is still process-based, not thread-based. It's also important, that, uh, and uh, this is how Postgres works. So, for parallelism, it needs to run multiple processes and then uh, find a way to communicate with, between them. Mm-hmm. But I want to, to highlight, like, to emphasize a very important point. It's not only about CPUs, of course, about CPUs and, and multiple cores and, and so on, but it's also about disks. This is often overlooked when people explain why we need parallelism. They forget mention that now we are on SSD, and to get maximum of it, of SSD, you need to do multiple threads. I mean, multiple processes. You cannot get full speed of SSD if you if you read uh, in a single thread. You need uh, like 16 threads. To saturate disk IO, uh, you need uh, multiple. If For example, F, FIO, very good tool to benchmark disks. If you use single-threaded benchmark, you will never reach saturation. You need uh, like eight, 16 uh, threads. And this means that to go full speed, especially if you have heavy queries, you definitely need multiple threads or multiple processes and the communication between processes. So, disks, in my opinion, are very important.
0: But, couldn't so here's a question couldn't that be an argument for having more connection, like allowing more users, for example, rather than like it's It's, it's it's not necessarily a. It's okay, yeah.
1: Of course. Well, if you have a lot of small queries in parallel. Of, of course, this is a different area. We, uh, this is what I mentioned in 9.6. There the, was big improvement to, re, to reduce contention. Uh, uh, how we've with, with the buffer pool is organized. I remember a great uh, work from in post blog post from Alexander Korotkov towards 1 million TPS on single node. It was interesting that it was done around the same time when MySQL did it as well and they worked. We've mentioned it a together. few times yeah. Right, that's interesting and uh, but it's not related to processing of a single query, it's related to multi-user, multi-session uh, mm-hmm. uh, pro- processing mm-hmm. uh, but uh, parallelism for single session is needed when again you have Many cores, you have much fewer, and this, and this is actually normal. Much fewer active sessions right now. If you have more sessions, active sessions than cores, it's not a good position already. I mean, we usually we have some room. If we don't have this room, if we have 96 cores and more than 96 active sessions, I suspect this, we we saturated already, either CPU or like most most likely CPU. It's not a good position but uh if, usually we have some room and why not to to use some room and speed up one query and reduce contention as well it will be it will be executed faster and we will have average active session number going slightly down it's good
0: yeah i was going to ask is this because so we've got good note in the docs i think actually the postgres docs on parallelism are great are they far in far more detail than i was expecting when i first looked it up i think they really do explain it well a note that they make is that this isn't just about slow queries. This isn't just about querying lots of data. It's querying lots of data and returning few of those rows. It's 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 not as likely to make a big difference to your queries if you're having to return all the rows anyway, because of the overhead of of sending that data over the network is likely to dominate the the time. But if we're doing aggregations, it depends. Sure, sure. But the the big benefit here is in in kind of aggregate queries or things that are heavy queries queries that are returning some summary of that information or only returning a a Mm. small, which normally is the only justification for doing a heavy query, right? If you're doing a heavy query and then not returning most of it is bad right
1: that's why i i think buffers first analysis of single query matters here at all a lot you need to pay attention to buffers and see what's inside how many bytes how many pages were involved in query processing and uh, compare parallel non-parallel tune it yeah. with this in mind right? so that's a good point you you return just one row like like average aggregate but uh, mm-hmm. inside it you needed to process a lot of buffers and this yeah. explains why it's so high. Hey.
0: So I was a bit surprised when you said, like, I get the impression you don't turn off parallelism for some of your, like, let's Customers say you've got a lot don't. of RLTP. They don't. But would you, if you had the choice, do you think?
1: Uh, it depends. I would probably do some benchmarks. I mm-hmm. would uh, analyze the content of PGS statements, create some, like, I call it, uh, how I, how do I call it? Simulated workload or something like I, I, I so, already okay. forgot how we call it. Sorry, a word uh, out of my mind. So I would create some test set mm-hmm. and just run multiple iterations, checking even probably just in single thread as usual. Like I do it sometimes in shared environments where I don't care about time a lot. I just see how much data, how much buffers were involved in processing. Without parallelism, with parallelism, it will give me idea. Of course, it's not directly converted to time, but it will influence the most the resulting time. And here, of course, in parallelism, we can understand, like, uh, we uh, re- reading a thousand buffers using single process versus three processes or f- four workers and, or more. It's different, right? So we, we need to understand like timing will be affected by parallelism. But still, uh, it's interesting to see overhead and so on. So buffers uh, analysis
0: uh, is important, right? Yes, absolutely. In fact, there's a few, few tips. So, so while, when we're talking about this, we're probably talking about looking at explain plans. So we get information about parallelism through explain. explain anal- can,
1: analyze buffers, right?
0: Explain, yes. But, but initially, just explain. You can see whether the whether the planner is is, is going uh, to, to, to is, use exactly not just is going to use it but how many workers it will request as well so you can get some information right. about how much parallelism so it doesn't have to max out the option it, it can choose anything between zero and your uh well if initially max work max parallel workers per gather um at right. each for each gather or gather merge so, yeah, there's that. But then additionally, I wanted to say that verbose is quite important here as well. If you want to see mm. s- some of the, like the per-process the per statistics, verbose is quite a useful st- the,
1: yeah, the thing. Yeah, good point. So, what I've, like, let me finish my thought. Probably yes, not sorry. Clear. Of course, if, you, if we need, for example, to deal with 100 buffers, for example, again, currently, if we forget about vacuum, we should discuss vacuum and create index and dump restores separately, which have parallelization. And I'm Czech, we mentioned last time. Let's, let's talk about them separately. But for normal queries, DML queries, it's only about reads. So, for example, if we need to deal with thousand buffers originally fetched from heap using sequential scan or from index using index scan, index only scan, or also bitmap scan, we understand that, okay, if we have three workers, will it be three times faster? And here, it's interesting to see overhead and buffers uh, option will also provide us some additional insight about overhead of parallel versus non-parallel and parallel with how many workers. And when Planner chooses plan, it only takes two kinds of input besides query itself. First is statistics for all tables involved, Mm -hmm. and second, Planner settings and work map planner settings from pg settings you have categories special category about planner settings you can uh, there are some settings uh, related to uh, parallelism
0: yeah actually work mems are really good it's it's an important point here if if, yeah if you're going to change your parallelism settings you also need to consider your work mem setting at the same time like why am i saying that is because Most people realise that work mem can be used multiple times in a query. If you have multiple hashes or multiple sort operations, work mem can be used multiple times. That's why it's a, a scary parameter to set and why people often go relatively conservative, but they want to bump it up so that operations can happen in memory. Once you introduce further parallelism, that multiplies so you can have each parallel operation that's using work mem can use it the number of times that there are workers so it it multiplies quickly so if you're going to bump that number up it's something to be aware of and it might be an argument for reducing it sometimes maybe you can you can get away with a higher work mem setting for your entire workload if you reduce it but like work mem if you do have the odd really big query that you need to run you can set some of these settings locally right so, Oh, like for, on a session level
1: so work mem is super interesting topic and uh, we need mm-hmm. a couple of minutes to discuss it but before that let me mention what like I understand about which read queries can be parallelized in postgres mm-hmm. first of all if you want to benefit the most you need uh, the most recent version because each version had improvements
0: since yes. Makes 10, sense. like
1: 10 11 12 all of them had improvements Second, the easiest is a sequential scan and index scan and bitmap scan. They all can be parallel. Yep. And it's quite obvious because, well, index is more complex, but still can be parallelized. All good. We can benefit a lot. And if we expect only a few users using our 96 core or maybe 244 AMD uh, Epic uh, Milan core co- uh, CPU, so many cores, of course, and only if we have v- like this beast, running Postgres 15 and only 10 users doing some analytical queries, we definitely need to reconsider and uh, increase uh, max workers per gather. There is one setting, max working processes, which requires restart. All others don't require restart. Workers, uh, mark, max workers
0: max max. worker processes Yeah,
1: right it's usually increased also for logical replication but in this mm-hmm. case if you expect heavy queries and only a few users using some beast uh, machine you need to increase it a lot and this requires a restart mm-hmm. everything else can be adjusted later and dynamically in session to, to experiment and so on and of course like okay these like access method uh, nodes in plan which are leaves in in our explained plan, Rel- relatively straightforward. But then interesting, like aggregates, joins, right? These operations are interesting. And uh, in ten, hash join was or merge join was supported. Like and later, a yeah. couple of years later, in twelve, maybe I don't remember exactly, hash join was supported as well. But they have some difficulties, right? And and also. I see in release notes of 16, which is uh, it's already better, right? Beta was released uh, last week, I guess. Full outer join also can be parallelized and so on. It's interesting. And if you see, like, about joins, it's, it's also possible. About aggregates, it's also possible. But th- things become much more difficult there. And now, memory. Uh, memory, even without parallelism, is so tricky in Postgres memory mm-hmm. management. What backend developer expects? I say, okay, uh, I have uh, 600 gigabytes. 25% of that goes to shared buffers, and also 200 gigabytes probably, or maybe like 300 gigabytes I'm ready to give to normal query processing. Everything else will be second uh, underlying layer of caching, which is page cache.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I want some setting. I want to say, okay, 200 gigabytes can be used by Postgres. There is no such setting. And it's so hard to understand how, like if we set up a new server, it's so hard to predict how much memory it will be using. It's super
0: hard. Well, I think a lot of people don't even realize what happens if it goes wrong. So like it's, we're talking out of memory, like everything shuts down like that's the, the failure it depends. we, we mm-hmm. can
1: enable swapping and some people uh, advise to enable it or enable a small small swap for protection but in general uh, yes it's not good position you either be either server goes down or you are becoming very very slow like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So latency spike, you have latency spike, it's not good. You, you, don't, you definitely don't want out-of-memory killer to be involved or to be very slow. So you don't want to be out of memory. But how to properly plan it? Me- memory planning is a super difficult topic. Maybe we should allocate for it a special episode. But uh, in few words, you take work mem. No, oh, of course, there is maintenance maintenance workmem and autovacuum workman, which is by default uh, is inherited by maintenance workmem. So if you understand how many workers can build indexes, and this can be paralyzed as well, which is good. Also, you know how many autovacuum workers, you have max, work, max autovacuum workers, uh, which is by default three, not enough for modern hardware at all. So you allocate some uh, to vacuum work max workers, you increase it. So you can plan this part relatively easy. It's simple. But mm-hmm. normal query processing, DML processing, it's super complicated. So you take WorkMem, and then you should understand. WorkMem is what uh, not a single session can consume. But it can consume multiple times of work mem because it, it's how my, how much memory is allowed to be consumed by ordering and join operations, hashing operations, which is becomes very complex. Okay, one query can have multiple joins, and uh, so so it can consume multiple times of work mem. For safety, you need to take work mem and multiply, for example, by two or three. But in but in reality, it's never allocated as a whole. Usually, it's mm-hmm. like some part of it. So you need to understand your workload on production to make proper decisions. And I see many servers are like kind of over provisioned because they know that queries most of the queries are, are relatively light, so they don't reach even one workman for single query. So it's good to have max connections, like they allow max connections quite a lot. There are many reasons to try to reduce max connections, especially for older Postgres. But in general, you need to take max connections, multiply by WorkMem, and also by two or three, because there is some like uncertainty how many megabytes can be used by single session. But of course, worth mentioning, uh, default WorkMem, if I'm not mistaken, it's four megabytes, maybe bytes. It's for uh, teapot Postgres.
0: Yeah, it's too small.
1: Right. So 100 makes is good. Well,
0: for, yeah, for big ones. But I think I think, if I was setting defaults, I might try and argue for a, a bump to 16 at least. Like I feel like there's almost no, like even for tiny instances. On your but I know it depends. I know, I know. We should probably go back to parallelism.
1: Right. So I wanted to draw this picture li- really quickly and uh, mm-hmm. then we add parallelism here. It means that our max connections, which, for example, is uh, 300 for our 96 beast uh, server, uh, okay, we have work mem 100 max, and uh, we, for safety, we multiply by two or three. It gives 100 max times roughly 100. It's 10 gigs already, and max connections is 300. I said, like it's already. It's already too much, too much, right? Way too so much. So probably you should re- reduce work mem, but in reality, you see it's never achieved. So you, you like yeah. real mem- memory consumption is good, so you try to increase it to avoid temporary files. But parallelism, what does it bring to, to this picture? It brings more complexity because it said, okay, now each session, every each session out of our three hundred or five hundred max connections can have multiple parallel workers and consume even more work mem right and for safety you need to multiply by expected number of parallel workers on average which you you also hard to predict without observing in reality real production behavior so you have two multipliers now
0: yeah that, and that was my point i think people are often kind of aware of the status quo but if they change this setting they might not think to re- to change the other one as well so it's yeah so my my main point is that if you I do some consulting, my
1: my team does some Mm -hmm. consulting and we say, okay, if you want to be super safe, you need to use these multipliers, but you will end up having a lot of temporary files, unfortunately. Later, in iterations, you can adjust and try to get rid of temporary files, going maybe to unsafe space theoretically, but practically you see that your workload is good you, I mean, yeah. you still have a lot of free memory, which is used by page cache. So also, you, you don't need to steal all bytes, all gigabytes from page cache. So this is approach. This is this theoretical safe approach, but it's very wasteful in terms of memory, because nice. uh, and, and and leading to uh, latency overhead because of temporary files. So parallelism gives
0: complexity to this picture definitely.
1: Oh, there is also multiplier for, for hash. Uh, okay, it's yeah,
0: hash mem, hash mem multiplier, but it's <laughs> if you're thinking about work mem, hopefully you're thinking about that as well because it's in the docs in the same place and stuff. So yeah, yeah. that's Sometimes. two now by default. Yeah, another tip, like, well, before we move off, so parallel query. If you notice, like, if you have a query plan that's not parallel or something you you think should be, one thing, for example, to be aware of is that user-defined functions by default. Are not hmm. marked parallel safe, so that catches hmm. a lot of people out. So you need to explicitly mention that those are parallel safe. That was And another They should like be in parallel safe as well, right? if also, they are parallel safe.
1: Yeah, also, the, the, you probably deal with very small table, uh, tiny table, tiny index. So there are two thresholds defining, uh, like below which, these two thresholds. One is for table, one is for index. Below them, it cannot be. You can adjust them and go down if you think it's worth, uh, but.
0: Depends again. Yeah, good point. So you will never, like, if you don't change any settings, you'll never see a parallel scan on a tiny table.
1: Oh, by the way, you know what? CPU is one reason. We mm-hmm. discussed it. CPU development dictates software development, mm-hmm. SSD disks also, but memory, we have some, like, it's so affordable hundreds of gigabytes now well it it's depends still of course but, right, but yeah right but if your startup which grows really quick like mm-hmm, you need to you have some money but you cannot be slow right so you sometimes prefer just scaling vertically and uh, putting whole database or major part of it to memory right it's also it's possible I mean right in clouds yeah. it's definitely it's one of options which we have and it's quick. Of course, uh, it requires some additional uh, budgets. And also, this is very closely co- connected to partitioning. Because when I say put whole database to memory, it might, might be not whole database, but working set. And if you have tables partitioned, you probably have some old partitions which be out of memory. And you have fresh partitions which are in memory, and you start benefiting from... from, from Parallelism because you don't touch disk and so, and so on. And work with memory, of course, can be well parallelized. Un- unlike magnetic disks, right?
0: Is that a good transition onto things like parallelism for create index and factory? Yeah,
1: not, not for DDL and other. Yeah. So for create index is definitely a good thing. Because we like to recall this, you call the time drama with Postgres 14. It yeah. means that when you build... And again, it's related to partitioning. Everything is related to partitioning. Everyone should partition tables which exceed 100 gigs. So mm-hmm. if you build an index over a large table, and we, as we discussed in our episode about index maintenance, we definitely want to rebuild indexes from time to time because their health uh, ten, tends to degrades. degrade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, degr- it, it degrades slow, slowly in modern Postgres like 14, 15, True. but it, it, things are much worse in older Postgres versions. Mm-hmm. So while you rebuild index, uh, Xmin Horizon has been held. Uh, Auto Vacuum cannot delete freshly that tuples, and uh, blood is accumulated eventually. Uh, mm-hmm. Attempt to improve it in Postgres 14 was reverted in 14.4. So it means that you want your index build to go faster because if you move faster, fewer right transactions concurrent sessions produce dead tuples mm-hmm. if you move faster if you have room of course if you have power in terms of cpus and disk right so you move faster fewer dead tuples generated and less bloat is produced eventually when autovacuum cleans those dead tuples makes sense right so you want to go faster but of course you don't want to saturate your iops limits for example. Or disk throughput and so on, and of course yes, a CPU. If you if you rebuild ten indexes in parallel, like uh, and they are also parallelized, having more workers and it's like dozens of backends are working on index maintenance. Uh, you are going to probably also saturate your CPUs, which is also like not good. So this needs careful planning. Probably during weekend, moving. Fast enough, but not saturating anything. Control of utilization of CPU and disk IO here is the key. But it's a great feature because you can rebuild index faster, especially if it's on a large table. It's good. Then uh, what else? Vacuum. Unfortunately, vacuum is parallelization works only for indexes and only for explicit vacuum. Auto-vacuum cannot do it still. And maybe I, I missed something, but it's only for your manually invoked vacuum runs. But if a table has multiple indexes, it's quite often. The indexes yeah. can be processed using additional workers, which is a really good thing. I hope eventually vacuum will be paralyzed even for a single table. But, you know, like, in general, again, partitioning is important because you can paralyze processing using just multiple workers if you deal with multiple partitions. Even for vacuum, in this case, this feature for explicit vacuum command which uh, applies only to uh, sp- specific tables indexes. You don't care. You, we have many workers. We have a lot of partitions. We can process them uh, using auto vacuum, and that's it. This is the way to parallelize in practice if you have a lot of cores and a lot of resources.
0: Yeah, and I think defaults in these areas are still quite low for most people, like in terms tip, of like auto vacuum yeah. settings. Yeah. Cool. What about analyze? Actually, I don't. I didn't look it up. Again, like I think a single
1: table, an analyze for single table, it's not... I think, I, as I remember, it's not paralyzed. It might be, but... The key here is, again, uh, we usually rely either on auto-vacuum, so we need more workers. Mm-hmm. My recommendation is to consider, like, you have number of cores. Take something between 10% up to maybe 30%, 40% of them, and this is your auto-vacuum. Because if you think any rights... They just mark X XMAX or like, then we need to really process it. And you need to allocate a significant amount of resources for that to manage your rights, right? So you definitely need to increase uh, to vacuum max workers. Three is not enough if you have dozens mm-hmm. of cores or of hundreds of cores. So analyze, either it's rely on your uh, to max workers. And again, partitioning is good because analysis of large table, especially if you globally increased default statistics target, like some people do. It's not good. But also there is an important case when you want explicit analysis, especially after PG upgrade. In this case, you run Va- vacuum DB CLI tool, for example, with dash J. And you you're going to have problem if you have huge tables because dash J again applies uh, at upper level. It takes tables and run and analyze on them. So if we have partitioning, you can say dash J after PGA upgrade. for example, we have maintenance window and we can use all cores. We can saturate resources because we, mm-hmm. we want to minimize duration of maintenance window. And parallelization with vacuum DB dash J, you take number of cores, go full speed, and then you are limited. Again, similar to my example with pg_dump. dump, you are limited with like largest table size. That's why it's also important to partition, because in this case, physical tables, they will be much smaller and parallelization will work much better. Yeah. So that's, you need to shrink those tables to pieces.
0: Nice. And we can link up our episode on partitioning as well. Right.
1: It's very related to parallelization, right? Yeah.
0: On that note, for further reading, or if anybody wants to learn more about this, where would you point them? Oh, by the way, it's not only
1: related to parallelization, but it's also related to DML, to reads. If you select from many partitions, you need constant exclusion, you need to deal with as few partitions as possible, and also parallel workers might help you there as well, definitely, to read from different partitions and then to
0: aggregate result. Yeah, I haven't stud- I haven't actually looked into that, but it's still using the same like worker processes right like it's still doing the same parallel scans Uh, what
1: i'm trying to say is that if you need to deal with many partitions in your query multiple workers can be helpful Mm -hmm. yeah true it's very related topic partitioning is very related to parallelism obviously yeah so so vacuum we covered create index covered analyze, covered what else
0: i think i think we should leave it there no no
1: dump restore is important PgDump supports DJ, okay. but PgRestore also supports .j. and there are improvements. I don't remember. If you check release notes, at some version, some fixes were done. So in newer versions, it, it works better. Also, there is work with foreign data wrappers and so on. It can be some something can be paralyzed, but I don't remember details about that.
0: I think that the Postgres foreign data wrapper, for example, doesn't support it by default, but you can. There is a fork of it by swarm 64 but i'm not I, I think that was experimental when they got sold so i don't i don't know any more about that on that note there is a really good talk by somebody that used to work at swarm 64 called sebastian that i'll link up as things it's parallelism do's and don'ts it's about an hour i think oh great i didn't
1: i don't remember it or oh, worth mentioning also so i would like to have copy paralyzed sometimes it's you need to deal with single large table Dump restore parallelization applies only at like higher level, so between tables. So if you have two tables, you can probably move two times faster, roughly. But if you have single table, parallel copy would be interesting. Feature and you can cook it yourself, dump restore with dealing with snapshots and so on, knowing your IDs, you can split your table and so on, it's possible. But also there is a create table S, which is parallelized. Yeah. So, and also materialized views creation of yep. uh, with uh, initialization of data
0: and refreshing materialized views as well,
1: well maybe something else I'm sure of something else uh, check uh-huh. not a lot of things it
0: absolutely also for for anybody looking at the like wanting a recap of the basics, I did also have a blog post on like for people that did want to increase max par- max parallel works per gather and the basics around that I think we've covered it all here. But that's a shorter summary. <laughs> there are sure.
1: many nuances many there, but yeah, you need to experiment.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you, Nikolai. Thank you for the people that requested this. And I'll see you next week.
1: I have a strong feeling we didn't cover everything, but I hope we did good overview.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And I expect many more features in the future because it's obviously a huge topic and very important one for modern hardware. Thank you so much. Thank you, all listeners. See you next time. Bye. See you, bye.